how cautious you are, sober Jamie. Sober Jamie does not throw <laughs> bottles around. That's just not a thing sober Jamie does. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Few yeah. drinks in Jamie, however. <laughs> I don't know. Whiskey, whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock, the author of the Whiskey Cabinet. And I'm Jamie Johnson. And you're a brand ambassador, Jamie. I am a brain ambassador. I am. Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to say yes, that now? Yes, I think so. I'm not even so. used. To, I'm not. I know. Used I know. I know. I, I surprised you. I surprised you. I was going for. That's okay. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> All right, give her. All right, welcome to the whiskey topic. I'm Mark Bylock, the author of the Whiskey Cabinet. And I'm Jamie Johnson, the National Brand Ambassador for Belvenny. And today is going to be a very fantastic podcast because it's not really going to be a podcast. It's going to be more of a conversation among friends. We have our guest is Davin Kurgamo, the author of the Canadian Whiskey Book, the Portable Whiskey Expert, and also, um, you know, the judge of the Canadian Whiskey Awards. Hi, Mark. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming back on, Davin. My absolute pleasure. Yay. Yeah, Devin, we, we thought we'd have you on because I've, uh, listeners uh, haven't heard the Canadian Whiskey Awards um, uh, were announced last week. Uh, I was one of the judges, one of the 10 judges on the panel. Uh, you were the head judge of the panel. And this is really your baby, your, your awards. Um, and so we wanted to talk about the Canadian Whiskey Awards, who won, who lost, all the drama that happened in between. This is, you know, oh, so much drama. all the gossip, all the gossip, right. <laughs> I'm making this sound very exciting, but really, there's just a spreadsheet, and we're just going to look at numbers, uh, really. <laughs> Mark, that's a very exciting spreadsheet. It, it is. Now, we, we, we'll talk about the winners, but uh, we, we generally don't talk about the, those whiskeys that did not win an award or did not win a medal, because uh, well, we want to encourage people to enter their whiskeys and uh, you not have to worry about getting bad press afterwards. So we, we generally only talk about the winners. We had a really wonderful, wonderful uh, flight of entries this year. And uh, I think it was the most we've had. And I think we had probably the most medals that we've, we've ever had. I, when people enter a competition, obviously they enter their very best because they want to win. You know, they want to they want to take home prizes, mm-hmm. and uh, it worked out well for us this year. And uh, I'd just like to take a second to thank you for joining the judging panel this year, Mark. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate it. I know how much work it is and how long it takes, and I know how you labor over these uh, individual whiskeys and taste them over and over. So thank you very much. You made a great contribution, Mark, and. Uh, I really appreciate that. No, I really appreciate being part of it, and um, you know, also appreciate the openness of the uh, of the the scoring and the results. I mean, um, all the judges um, receive a spreadsheet with all the scores, and and so we, you know, it's a very open system to the judges. Uh, we know, um, and this, even though we don't know who the the judging is, somewhat anonymous. I don't know whose scores are whose, but I can tell which ones are mine. Um, and uh, and basically, the judging was really nicely done. I mean, you 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 removed some. You removed occasion there were scores that were way outliners uh, I had a couple um, everybody had a few that were just way outside and those, those were removed and otherwise um, uh, the, the an averaged out uh, to that, with the average scores and that's how we selected the winner and the, it was a very tight race it was a tight race this year and every year it's a tight race at the top and again this year the winner always wins by you know a fraction of a point but you know that, that's they're still the winner and of course this year it was Masterson's and uh, it was a a, a really beautiful whiskey. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if that was my highest score or not, but I, it certainly uh, was a, a strong favorite of the of the judge. Well, it was my highest score, so I was very happy with this result. I'm like, yes, I picked a winner. Uh, but most of the judges did uh, have it in their top, and it averaged a score of nine point 
90.3, and it was just by, one up by 0.1. I mean, this is how close this is. It's a very, uh, very tight race. Um, yeah, it was tight. <laughs> but, but, okay, so Masterson's um, is made by Alberta Distillers. It's bottled by an American uh, winery, um, uh, 35 Maple Street. Um, the... Uh, so the question I have for you, uh, we're, we're going to get to how great Masterson's is, but the, the, the drama, the drama here, Davin, drama here is Alberta Distillers, owned by Ibrahim Suntory, essentially um, has a lot of winners, two gold medals bet- from the Masterson's, but they have not presented a winner themselves that won a gold medal from Alberta Distillers. So what's going on there? Well, every year it's different. I mean, last year, you remember... A Canadian club, 100% rye, was a huge uh, winner. They took home a gold medal and it took home one of the awards. And and, uh, and, and that's a whiskey that is produced by Alberta distillers in Calgary. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year we had a different judging panel. We change the judging panel every year. We keep some and and, and rotate some others. And this year the uh, uh, judges chose to... to, uh, uh, show preference to to the Mastersons, uh, and you know there's only room for so many gold medals, and uh, so some of them, some really great whiskeys get pushed down. This is something that has just come to my attention over the last few years. You know, when you you look at uh, at the Forty Creek whiskeys, for example, the first three years they one Canadian whiskey of the year, year after year after year. And if you take a look at a whiskey like, for example, um, Forty Creek Confederation Oak, it's just as good now as it ever was. It's a wonderful, wonderful whiskey, one that I'm just uh, really thr- thrills me. Uh, I think that the, the whiskey palette, though, is changing. And I think that people are, are starting to um, really favor much more robust whiskeys. If you look at the Scotch whiskeys that people are drinking these days, they're the great big sherry malts, or else they're massive big peat monsters. If you look at bourbon, it's the big bourbons that kick you in the face that people are crazy about, and especially they love American rye whiskey, which is big, bold, and just, you know, really grabs you by the shoulders and shakes you. And I think the same thing is happening with Canadian whiskey. There's a trend now towards bigger and bolder whiskeys. And uh, so I think that um, that may be why the Masterson's, because the Masterson's is, is elegant whiskey, beautifully put together, but my goodness, it is massive. So I think that what's happening here is that we're seeing, you know, shifts in the the kinds of whiskeys people enjoy. Now, this is a Canadian whiskey competition, so we're only looking at Canadian whiskeys, but the same thing is happening with scotches. It's happening with um, with bourbons. If you look at the at the, at the Malt Maniacs Awards, for instance, Cavalan absolutely cleaned up with all those, all those massively huge sherry malts. Those are great big whiskeys. And I think that that's just the way, the, the way it's going. Um, it's kind of cool that the that the the uh, whiskey makers are keeping up with that. So we we're seeing you know big whiskeys being introduced. For example, Canadian Club, one hundred percent rye, uh, and I've got a great story with that. I was at Whiskey Live in Louisville, and I uh, had some uh, some Crown Royal 
uh, hand-selected barrel and I had some Canadian Club 100% um, rye on my table. I was there signing books, but I thought, you, know, you put a whiskey, you kind of lure people in, then they buy a book. <laughs> no. no, I'm not just joking. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to lure anybody in. But if you want to come by, yeah, no. <laughs> I've, I've signed books with Fred Minnick next to me. That's what he does. It's <laughs> a great yeah. trick. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You had a good a lineup people to buy your I did it was great. anyway <laughs> anyway at Louisville Jimmy Russell walks by mm -hmm. and he looked over at me and uh, he could see that people were really interested in this, in this Canadian Club 100% rise so he walks over and I poured him a dram he held it up to his nose you know and he gives it a little sniff <laughs> not bad he took a little a, a sip of this whiskey and he Wow. And then he downed the whole glass. I had it a Glencairn glass. He downed the whole Glencairn glass. He gave me a little look, nodded, blinked his eye, both eyes, and walked back over to his table. It was really <laughs> kind of cool. So, so yeah. So, um, yes, I, th I think that uh, whiskey palettes are, are changing, but I think at the same time the brands are keeping up because we've had that Canadian Club come out this year or last year. We have a new Gibson's Bold, which again is a great big whiskey laced with rye we've had that come out this year so um, it, it doesn't surprise me that there are different winners each year uh, because you know he, he, the, the, the whiskey producers are trying always to lead the market they're trying to produce whiskeys that are going to sell now and that are going to sell for the next five years or 25 years. So, uh, so yes, things are changing. And, and Alberta Distillers has been just feeding the pipeline in the States, you know, with Masterson's, uh, uh, Whistlepig, yeah. Lockstock and Barrel, Jefferson's. These are all whiskeys that in the States, a lot of people think they're American rye, but they're all made right there in Calgary at the... Uh, <laughs> At Alberta Distillers, it's a it's a fabulous distillery. I always wonder why they don't come up with their own mm -hmm. high rye, uh, you know, a robust rye whiskey. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah no, I um I I agree. I think the um it's it's just it's a fascinating. And I'm sure you know Centauri is going to adjust, uh, and they probably already have. I mean, products don't develop overnight, so I'm sure they already have things in the pipe. Um, uh, Stock and Barrel Rye did excellent, and that was a that was a high proof rye. Um, you know, the, so it was interesting. And I also thought, uh, Weiser's double still, uh, rye was also an interesting, uh, choice. Uh, the judging panel loved it. It's, it scored in the, it scored in the top, uh, top three, I believe, but, uh, and also won, uh, best sipping whiskey for the, that's exclusive to the Canadian marketplace, but double still rye is interesting because I, you know, I, I think Corby's intends this to be a, a cocktail rye, like for, you know, for Manhattans or, or, um, or old fashions. And it's a very, such a rye heavy forward rye drink. Um, and it's not necessarily smooth, uh, but it just, it is an interesting, it just works so interestingly. It's such a robust, wonderful whiskey. It's another example of, a, of something that, you know, may have not scored well five years ago, but I think is scoring better today. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right about that. That is, the, that is a very rye heavy whiskey. Uh, let's not forget what really started this all, which is lot number 40. Lot number 40, you know, came within millimeters of being the winner again this year, which would have been the third time that it would have been the Canadian whiskey of the year. I mean, that was a, that's a brilliant whiskey. And I, now they're, when they're bringing out that cask strength uh, lot, lot number 40 in the, in the fall, holy crap, oh, that, is, that is Ma going Mark to Mark Bylock is over the moon about this. <laughs> so excited. It's, it's going to blow my... 
<laughs> and it's a 12 year old they're bringing it out as a 12 year old it's even better than the one I had uh, from the cast yeah. of the Jamie and yeah. I got six whiskeys uh, were in the to- top six whiskeys were decided by less than one point um, were in, the, in that top that's amazing uh, lot number 40 being one of them of course uh, and, and the winner of the last two years and a wonderful whiskey uh, yeah it's it's you're absolutely right. I expect next year lot number 40 cast ring is just going to clean up. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. This is the best part. This is why I love competitions. I love that um, you know it, it brings people to the table, brings distilleries, and also the whiskey critics to the table. It brings us to the table, and, and, and we put forward our best, best, and we see. you know We get the easy part about putting a number down, and, and, and the whiskey makers get the hard part of actually making the whiskey. So mm-hmm. it, it is a very fun process. You know what really... <laughs> It surprised me. It delighted me as well. And that was to see how well Stillwaters did this year. Really, really because well, yeah. I, I have never, ever agreed that micro-distilled whiskeys should have their own competitions, their own their own uh, classes and so on, because it's kind of like ghettoizing it. They're saying it's not good enough to, uh, to compete with everybody else, but it's local or whatever, so we have our own competition. And uh, so we've never given them a break. We've always said, yes, you're welcome to enter the competition, but you're competing. It's blind. You're competing against everybody else. And guess what happened? This year, we had... Uh, a whiskey called Glen Saanich did very well. Um, two brewers from Yukon, again, mm-hmm. micro-distilled whiskey, did very well. Three silver medals. This year we had uh, Last Mountain from Saskatchewan. They're Finally they've moved into the silvers. But then we had Stillwaters with their stock and barrel rye, which yeah. people just loved that whiskey. And it, it came away with a gold medal, but it also, you know, was, has won all kinds of accolades. Honestly, that is really where I think the future of micro-distilling is in Canada. We have uh, Stillwaters. They produce a rye whiskey that doesn't taste like anybody else's rye at all. It doesn't taste like what uh, ADL, what Alberta Distillers is making. It doesn't taste like American rye. It's got a, It's got the rye signature, but it's its own beast. We have Dylan's doing something that's along the same lines, and we have uh, you know Kindred in uh, Prince Edward County. They also have a rye whiskey, their Crimson Rye, which is you know, really coming together beautifully. I think that the next, uh, the first, the way the the micro distillers, Canadian micro distillers, are going to lead is with their 100% rye whiskey. This is something nobody else is doing. You know, I think single malt, pretty difficult when the Scottish already have, uh, you know, 400 years of practice. And But this 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 new 100% rye distilled by the micro distillers, there's nothing like it out there. It's its own class and it truly is wonderful whiskey. It really is. Just, just don't expect you're going to taste Masterson's when you taste it. It's different, but it's just as good. Yeah, those are uh, those are uh, my my one of my uh, top favorites there uh, for sure. Um, it, it's uh, you know no additives, no coloring, no chill filtering, forty six percent ABV, uh, beautiful whiskey, and like you said, it tastes completely different than Lot Forty. It's completely different than Masterson's. Um, 
and and you know when you go to a plant like uh, like Hiram Walker and you're walking around with uh, Dr. Don, Don Livermore and and they basically say you know everything kind of runs in automation but the moment we make rye like for their lot forty or or for like n- everything kind of stops and everything's watched so carefully those ryes are so hard to make mm-hmm. um, yeah and so stock and barrel uh, still from the Stillwater Distillery that the fact they're able to make that rye so wonderful is a excellent achievement and great credit to their abilities. I was really excited to see the uh, the twelve barrels uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pretty surprised and excited too yeah. because you know I I know Cole Miller who who makes that stuff and he's really a very earnest young man. Mm-hmm. He's committed mm-hmm. and he he I remember he came over to my house with his uh, his uh, twelve barrels and uh, I had just received a. a whiskey sample from one of the big companies and I with him standing there never having smelled it at all I poured the two together we nosed the two we tasted the two and I said you know what this is pretty good whiskey Amazing. and that his first time out he's he's won a bronze medal with that yeah. uh, with that uh, 12 barrels and I understand it's going to be in the LCBO soon fantastic too. So he's. Uh, I know you can order it for through LCBO now, but uh, yeah. So I was. I was surprised, but I was delighted. I'm. I'm glad to see all these these small producers starting to come along. Canada is really starting to happen as a whiskey country. Well, as a spirits country, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's just you know, it's, it's it really is quite encouraging to see how Canada is growing as a as a whiskey country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was great to have uh, uh, Lou Bryce in there to do uh, a lovely uh, speech. Uh, kind of made you feel a little proud and excited about the, the, the whole thing. I don't know what that is about us. Is, is it, If someone else comes along and gives us like a pat on the head, we get so excited about yeah, it. Yeah, Jamie, no, take us back to that. So you were, you were at the uh, Victoria Whiskey Show um, and you were at the, at the, the uh, award dinner. So tell mm-hmm. us about, tell us a little bit about that. Um, oh, I mean, like you couldn't have asked for like a better group of people all in one room together, really. Like, just, like everyone was there. Everyone you know and love was there that 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 you love to drink whiskey with and and hang out with and it was uh, no it was great it was so uh, such a a great community uh, you know even for people who you know don't work in Canadian whiskey specifically but are Canadian and love whiskey and work for other you know companies everybody was there to support and uh, everyone was so just excited. And, and, you know, Matt Jones got up and did a little, you know, flare demo, which was... <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that guy is such a hoot. I'm he is such you. a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, the, uh, uh, our videographer, uh, I didn't tell him that Matt was going to do a demo because, you know, obviously I'm just way too focused on the awards. <laughs> I need to lighten up a little bit. And he just sent me a note and said, I've got a separate video of Matt Jones. Why? Well... Just because he's Matt Jones. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! It's just yeah, he was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I think he really adds to the show. Oh, it was oh, great! Awesome. It was great because awesome. it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's so impressive to see it. Like, I don't know. There, it's there's a couple of videos like floating around on Facebook of Matt doing some of his flair stuff, but it's really impressive. Like he, like you know, I, I feel like. 
you know, I, I need to get into that thing. I need to like, I need to learn some flair bartending. I usually just drop everything. <laughs> right. I've tried a little bit. Usually I try a little too later on in the night. Like I should probably start off with it at the beginning of the night. Ah, but you're then... so much bolder with more drinks though, Jamie. So much You will bolder. try for the win. You will try for the win with a few drinks. In. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try this with this crystal decanter over here. This seems like a great idea. I know how cautious you are, Sober Jamie. You, sober Jamie does not throw bottles around. That's just not a thing sober Jamie does. It's true. It's true. <laughs> if you yeah. drink sin, Jamie, however, I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. But no, it was, it was a really, really great night. And, and for me being, you know, the first time out, first time there, um, you know, what a spectacular evening with all my, my favorite whiskey people. Hey, um, I wasn't even there. Sad. <laughs> I know. Nearly I your know. favorite whiskey. Nearly. Almost all almost of them. All of them. Almost. almost all of them. With one glaringly <laughs> obvious exception, which is you. Yeah. Next year, Mark. I know. Next year. I know. Next year, it'll all work out. Scheduling will work out a little better. Now, Victoria is beautiful. Um, if you, you know, it's, it's just a, such a beautiful little town. Davin, you're actually in Victoria right now. This is your, you're kind of extending a vacation into in, in Victoria. Yeah, well, as you know, I'm planning to stay out here for a couple of months. I'm, I mean, I'm working away at uh, writing, but uh, just the same, it's a very nice place to do that. And I was at the beach this morning and I was at the pub when you texted me to say you were going to be late. Thank you, Jamie. Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry. You were on the beach in, no, in no, Canada no, no. On, in January. That's amazing. Yeah, no, my yeah. absolute pleasure. Mark, you know, um, there's something that I wanted to say about the uh, Canadian Whiskey Awards because uh, one of the questions that Dave Broom was asked in the presentation that we were doing was, um, are there getting to be too many competitions? Are there getting to be too many awards? And uh, he said, yes, mm -hmm. there, there are too many. And the, and the problem, of course, is a lot of the awards are just run as money makers, you know, and uh, they're not, you know, people, they sell, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, stickers to the winners, and they have as many classes as possible so they can have as many winners as possible, things like that. And some of them are, you know, run by magazines, and their purpose is to generate advertising for the magazine or to curry favor with people who they want to buy ads, who they, who they want to have buy ads. The thing with the Canadian Whiskey Wars, well, as you saw, every, the, jud the judging is completely... Uh, uh, open. I mean, it, you, each judge has to submit their scores and everybody gets to see all the scores. The, the judges take about six weeks to go through these whiskeys in their own homes so they can taste them in different flights in different ways. Uh, and as I say, we don't sell advertising or anything like that. So it's really a, a truly independent competition and um, it really uh, owes nothing to anybody so people can be really confident when they win a medal at the Canadian Whiskey Awards that at 10 independent whiskey experts have agreed that their whiskey is is uh, worthy of a medal uh, so I know that there are a lot of competitions out there there seem to be new ones every day uh, so I, I really appreciate that that the we've got such good support from the industry and I think in return the uh, the value of our medals is um, is considered to be quite uh, high because of the integrity of, of the competition. And it's great that guys like you will put so much time into it. And, and, and Mark Gillespie's uh, one of our key judges and well, so many people across the country who really have uh, committed themselves to making this a great competition. So uh, as much as, as all the fun, there's a lot of work behind the scenes and there's a lot of effort put in to making sure it remains 
clean, independent, and uh, the, the, we don't give away chocolate medals, and we don't sell any, sell anything, so we don't uh, we don't try to curry favor with the producers, and so it's uh, really a. Uh, my my ideal when I started this was you know there are so many competitions out there where you can essentially buy yourself a medal and uh, I wanted to do something that really was competitive and you know this has worked out well too for the small distillers because now they're competing and they're winning I've modeled this on the Malt Maniacs Awards which is I think about the only Scotch whiskey competition that is uh, truly independent and reliable. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, I agree that the openness is 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 incredible. And I mean, we don't want to turn this kind of stuff into like the wine industry, where like every bottle of wine you buy at a store has some sort of gold or silver medal, yeah. and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, it won a double gold like <laughs> yeah. at this random contest for the northern hemisphere, western, whatever city of Montucket uh, award winery show. I'm just yeah. like, what yeah. the what's going on? Yeah, here? Uh, yeah. we don't we don't want that to happen. Um, and I think that's. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I loved being part of the process. Yeah, I, I thought we had a great selection too. Yeah, and of course, th then we whittle it down with the awards. So only the very top whiskeys in each category get actually get an award. So anyway, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And then um, so we uh, and of course, there's also the flavored whiskeys. Do we want to talk about flavored whiskeys? I don't know. I am. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, flavored whiskey of the year, Crown Royal Vanilla. <laughs> Royal Vanilla. I know that's that's Mark's personal favorite. So my my favorite, I'll I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Uh, so there was a two. I want to know. Um, I, I had a very hard. I don't normally drink. This is one of those things I don't normally drink flavored whiskeys. So I have absolutely no experience. No, like this was. Uh, and I, you know, very much, uh, uh, I just kind of like, what do I think is a well-constructed whiskey? So the two flavored whiskeys that I loved the most uh, were Crown Royal Vanilla. That was my number one. Actually, sorry, there's a tie for three. I'm just looking at my numbers now. Um, so it was uh, Crown Royal, Weiser's Hopped, and um, and I like Sortilage Prestige. I don't know what that is. Oh, even... boy. I know. Was that a mistake? I may have made a mistake. Let's see what how, let's see how Sortilage <laughs> Prestige did. Not so well. Not so well. That was... Uh... No, it's not bad whiskey at all. Here's, here's, what, I re here's what I really like about flavored whiskeys. Uh, and that is that when I'm sitting down by the fire to have a dram my wife can sit with me and have a dram as well because she really enjoys her favorite whiskey is black velvet toasted caramel mm -hmm. and I'm telling you whenever I see that I buy two bottles it's hard <laughs> to find now uh, because it, it's such a great way for us to sit together and have a, a whiskey together and enjoy ourselves so uh, I don't have a problem with flavored whiskeys and I'll, I'll admit right now that I don't drink a lot of flavored whiskey 40 creek cream yes but the the others no i i don't gravitate to them i like the f taste of wood and the taste of uh, you know the the maturation of a, of a whiskey but they certainly have their place yeah and uh, and there are many many people who really enjoy the flavored whiskeys and i'm i really am happy that the people who make flavored whiskeys will support the Canadian Whiskey Awards. And I'm really proud of the judges who give them a real fair shake and, and uh, <clears throat> assess them for what they are. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it, to me, uh, I, I, those people who make these, these flavored whiskeys are addressing a need in the market 
they're making whiskey for people who want that kind of thing. Now, I'll tell you, my uh, my wife's um, uh, assistant uh, is a huge fan of Crown Royal. She came over to our place with her husband just before Christmas, and I gave her, I don't know, seven or eight bottles of Crown Royal. The one that she was the most excited about was a bottle of Crown Royal Vanilla. And uh, I'll admit, it was a bottle I hadn't opened yet, but anyways, I'll... I gave it to I gave it to Louise, and uh, and she was she was thrilled with that. So these whiskeys really do uh, help other people, other than hardcore whiskey fans, be part of the world of whiskey. So uh, I, I I don't drink a lot of them, but I I really think they have a a proud place in the the pantheon of whiskey. That is a very good argument for uh, for flavored whiskeys that I've not yet heard. That is, yeah, that's excellent, actually. Well, and, and I realized I had such a weakness for cream uh, liqueur kind of whiskeys because I, I love the Forty Creek uh, cream. I'm I'm just in love with it. I I try not to drink it because you know it's really sweet, and I try to. I generally don't do a lot of sugar in in my life, but uh, but Forty Creek uh, cream is is delicious. And like I said. Uh, yeah, Crown Royal Vanilla was uh, was a winner for me as well. So there you go. Yeah, that's a great whiskey. I, I, know, I did notice the cream winners, uh, the, the the Forty Creek and the Sortilage uh, Maple Cream, both both did very well. So the the sweetness there was was working well even among the judges. So uh, there you go. <laughs> that's Sortilage, you know. Um, I, I, I interviewed the guy who makes Sortilage, and I, he makes Spice Box as well. He's this guy in this guy in Montreal. I think his name is Michel. He's a mad scientist. He's just so focused on flavor, and he uh, he just the way he when you hear him talk about his his uh, maple whiskeys and his flavored whiskeys and his spiced whiskeys and these things, you just like you you can almost enter a, a parallel universe. He's so impassioned by not by whiskey but by flavor and how you can mix different things and this and that oh i remember he was they were working on making a, a pumpkin whiskey at, at one stage and i was talking to him at that time and so he wants to infuse natural flavors real natural flavors and things so he was getting pumpkins and he and he was getting the pumpkin he was infusing the flavor from these pumpkins and he said the whiskey always tastes like squash. He said, I don't want squash. I want pumpkin, you know? And he's going on. And he's, no, it's true. And he's yeah. going on. And he finally, he found by adding, I can't remember if it was nutmeg or something like this, he got this this pumpkin flavor that he wanted. It was like, like he, he had, you know, just discovered gravity or something like that. He was so thrilled with it. It was just, it was, uh, it was really something else. So, uh, these are not just whiskey with a little bit of flavoring added to, to fill a channel. These things are creations made by really genuinely passionate, creative people. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. No, it's great. And it's great that we have this, um, you know, this uh, award to, uh, to sort of, you know, acknowledge that. So uh, well done, Davin. Well, Excellent. thanks very much, Jamie. I, I can't imagine that. You, I, I mean, I bet you're already starting next year's already. We uh, the planning is <laughs> yeah. underway. Yes, yeah. for next year, <laughs> I agree with that. We're talking. We're talking about how we can uh, make it better and uh, just deliver a, a better uh, a better awards to to people. So, and 
Yeah, I and I hope you'll be back next year, Mark. Well, I, I'd love to only because I get to taste some more uh, La Forty. Uh, <laughs> spring. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe next year we'll have Widers Thirty Five in the competition. That's Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, oh my, my god. gosh! Wow. Well, David, I'll, 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 so we uh, we kind of previewed the the awards a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago on the podcast, and all, all I said is I would like. I'll tell you guys like how I did overall as far as like uh, ratings and um, and I have to say I, not too many surprises. I think the uh, Masterson's ten. I've, I've always been a big fan of Masterson's. I was going to say, Mark, you already love Masterson's. Like and, you introduced me to it within the first I think like ten minutes that we met. <laughs> right, drink oh. this. This is right. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I really did. And and my only uh, my only disappointment with Masterson's was um, I, I, there was one particular batch that I didn't like. Uh, ba- one of the batches, uh, batch fifteen. What I really respect about Masterson's is that when they uh, you know promoted themselves as the winner for of uh, the Canadian Whiskey Awards, they made sure to ma- mention the batch that won, which I think was really great. I think you know the commercially you know thing to do would be like, oh, we won an award, and just you know, but they actually said which batch. So I think that to me that means that they celebrate the batches. They they've submitted three batches, uh, two won gold, uh, one one silver. So they they've done really well. Um, so, but one of my surprises was uh, Canadian Club uh, Batch Classic 12-Year-Old was my second favorite whiskey of the bunch. Um, and that's the Canadian Club, I believe, that's uh, sherry finished. And I've never scored this whiskey. I've only, I've only tasted it at bars um, and, and, you know, maybe whiskey tasting. So I've never, ever scored this whiskey. But I was definitely a bit of an outlier on that. That was only, only so much that it, that was a, a silver-winning whiskey. And so it didn't make the, you know, it had to be, have a score of 88 or over on average to be gold in, in the, this year. Um, so it was a silver winner. And, and it was like, my, like one of my top, top whiskeys. So I thought that was interesting. Um, otherwise, things were pretty, you know, things were pretty normal. Um, the scoring system was a little different. Uh, you know, Davin sends out a, a list, so how you score things and what's, you know, what's required for over 90. So the, it's not an identical scoring system to the one I use. So the scores are going to be different. Uh, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before. But um, overall, that was my big surprise is how much I enjoyed Canadian Club Small Batch Classic 12-Year-Old. There you go. I love that. Yeah, well, I have to admit, I, I, it's one of my favorite whiskeys, and I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, yeah, as far as uh, determining which whiskeys, you know, the cutoff point for gold, that uh, it's a statistical model that groups the whiskeys into uh, into four groups. So the the highest group is um, get the gets the gold, where the, the the scores are statistically similar right. for that group. And then uh, then there's so it kind of separates them out. So we don't say you have to get ninety or you have to get ninety five. We let the uh, let the um, the uh, statistical model sort that out. Okay, okay. Uh, and it uh, so it's uh, it's not it, then that number may change from year to year uh, because uh, it's I think that you, you we can you can draw an arbitrary line, but the difference between you know eighty nine point nine and ninety point one it might be huge if there's a great huge field, but it might be insignificant if there isn't it's it, it means that we're not arbitrary and yeah. uh, it, 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 what we uh, we don't have an arbitrary cutoff you, you want to recognize the top whiskeys as gold winners and so you you have those that the statistical model. yeah right and in this case it, it right exactly 100 percent um because there weren't very many gold winners i mean this is you know it's, it's not hard to get this looks like there's uh, about 10 or so i uh, just on a quick count um, gold-winning uh, whiskey, so it wasn't uh, definitely wasn't an easy uh, award out of the uh, out of the fifty-five or so uh, non-flavored uh, whiskeys that were were in the competition. 
Yeah. And it, yeah. it breaks my heart when some of my favorites don't win gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just breaks my heart. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Everything's out in public and everybody yeah. can see what we're doing. And yet yeah. it just means that it's an honest, fair way of, a, of assessing this year's crop of whiskeys with this year's group of judges. Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting, right? I mean, because you know, we we talk about kind of the the scoring system, but there there was a lot of you know, there's a lot of variation, and I think that's where um, you want to do. I think you know, you've done a great job with having ten judges, because I think on the one side, if you have one judge, it's going to be. Uh, you know, very ba- uh, biased towards that one palette. I mean, biased, I mean by, you know, you just get one person's opinion. Um, and if you have hundreds of judges, it's probably just kind of mutes everything out. Uh, so having, you know, uh, 10 and 10 judges kind of gives you that, you know, that, that, that range that, that people are looking for. So, um, and yeah. definitely a tough competition to win. Uh, I, I agree with you too. You know, people always, whenever they, whenever Jim Murray announces his awards, they always say, it's just one man's opinion, and, they, and, and, they, and they're right. It's complete, well, completely bogus in my opinion. But then what we're seeing now is so many bloggers are coming out with my whiskey of the year, my favorite this, this, and I'm thinking, what kind of a massive ego does it take to say, I am so important that I can declare what the best whiskey of the year is, and anybody's going to care. Right, right. Yeah. So, so the, so, and that's why I think that it's really important that you have a panel and that it be done completely blind so that people can't announce their favorite as the, the you know, for, for, for reasons other than what's in the bottle, mm-hmm. other than what other than the liquid. So, um, and I've noticed there's been a trend lately among some bloggers um, and I just, saw, I just saw a new one came out yesterday, yesterday or this week anyway, you know, my whiskey of the year. Who cares what your whiskey <laughs> of the year is? You're just one person with your own opinion. And guess what? <laughs> if I said what my whiskey of the year is, tomorrow I'd say a different whiskey. <laughs> right. So, you know, so, uh, so yeah, I think it's really, it really is. I hope I'm not sounding critical, but it's, I think it's really important that we have a, a, a panel and that the panel doesn't talk to each other about the whiskeys while they're scoring. Yeah, and that was a, that's another For thing sure. you, you stressed very much. It's uh, don't talk amongst yourselves. This isn't one of those comparison things. You do it on your own, and you do it in a vacuum. And I think that's what makes it very scary. Like, it makes it so scary right. as a, a, you know, a, having, you know, reviewing whiskey and scoring whiskey. It's like, well, how do I, you know, because I do do a lot of, I mean, I, I do primarily blind tastings, but when I do blind tastings, I still know what the whiskeys are. I may just not be able to tell you, you know, which glass is what. Um, so have it to be completely blind uh, was uh, wonderful. Uh, was a wonderful test of the palate and, and a wonderful experience. Uh, was just just really great. Yeah, it's really it's daunting, isn't it? Oh, it's scary. Try, trying to it's score. So scary. Trying to score. Really, I would be but, terrified. Yeah. But nobody has embarrassed themselves. Everybody. <laughs> I think. Uh, no, serious. I think that this the people take it very, very seriously. For sure. And I know a few people have kind of said things. Judges have said things to, so that it, if they happen to completely mess it up, I would understand why. But none of nobody did, and it's always that way. People really. Um, are careful and they focus on this and this is something else that I learned from the Malt Maniacs Awards because I, I was a judge on that for a number of years uh, that when people are focused on what they're doing and they can use their own methodology for coming up with numbers and they, they really compare it to their to their own um, reference points 
they can really do a very good job. Mm -hmm. If you apply yourself, you can do it. People who, who rattle off scores at the end, or, or if they sit down in one weekend and try to go through you know, 50, 60, 70, 100 whiskeys, it's hopeless. It's a crapshoot. Mm -hmm. But people who've taken it seriously have done well. And Mark, I don't, I don't know which column is yours, but I know that there, 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 there is not a column on the spreadsheet where any, where anyone has embarrassed themselves. And uh, I'm pretty proud of, uh, uh, of the judges, and I, I'm very grateful that people have put in, obviously, put in a lot of effort to come up with good scores. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. I mean, it's interesting getting the the, the sheet, and you just you don't know whose column is who, uh, but you do. You can you know what your scores are just because you can look them up. Um, yeah, no, I wonderful, uh, wonderful experience. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, love seeing the variations in in palettes and, and preferences, and it's such a close contest. Uh, it's it was uh, it was very interesting. Um, and, and Jamie and Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye. <laughs> <laughs> also won a gold uh, and I and rated it very well um, and, and, um, so I am responsible for that um, and um, the uh, and also won the uh, sipping whiskey uh, Canadian whiskey uh, cross cross markets uh, Northern Harvest Rye yeah I'm partly responsible for that too you know the thing about Northern Harvest Rye is when people taste it blind invariably they love it this is a whiskey that is it's a, it's a beautifully made whiskey it is so w beautifully synthesized it it has so many of the touchstones you expect in a in a well blended whiskey no sore thumbs it seems like a unit it's a really great whiskey i think that there are people in the whiskey community itself who kind of um just they decided they don't like Jim Murray, so they weren't going to like his choice. They didn't like Sazerac 18 when he picked that either. Mm. Well, guess what? That's another wonderful whiskey. So you know, say what you want. Crown Royal, Northern, Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye has done more to raise the profile of Canadian whiskey positively mm -hmm. in, the, in the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. When people taste it, they like it. It's the kind of whiskey where you where you people buy it once and they'll go back and buy it again. From a lot for a lot of people, it's becoming their their uh, uh, go to whiskey. Right. So I'm I think I mean they they did a brilliantly good job on that to start with. And uh, I uh, is it the is it the best whiskey in the world? There is no best whiskey in the world. But is it a very good? ambassador for canadian whiskey mm -hmm. absolutely yes mm -hmm. because it's a whisk it's a whiskey that people really enjoy when they don't know what they're tasting it really is so so i, I have no problems with and if it had one whiskey of the year and it could have it was very close mark you know that oh yeah if it had if it had one canadian whiskey of the year I wouldn't have been surprised, and I'd have been as proud as can be of that whiskey. So uh, I think we need to separate our feelings for one man's opinion from the actual whiskey itself, because this time he got it right. Yeah, it was um, it was my, uh, let's see, Crown Roll was my fifth on my list. I uh, scored very, very well. Um, yeah, I, what can I say? I mean, that's that's all you can really say. Um, are, are, do we want to touch the? I mean, this is only a thing, but is the? There's also the the Crown Rolls had batch. Now you've you've gone to Diageo and and Crown Roll uh, Diageo has said that there's no differences among the batch levels. Um, we should talk about this because I say there are. So 
you know, mm-hmm. let's uh, tell tell me the counterpoint. If if you have a counterpoint, maybe you agree with me um, that the uh, that there is a difference between the batches. And I, we should also say there early on there were batch levels, and Jim Murray had a batch associated to the win. Uh, there was a particular batch number that he uh, he re- designed as the winner. Um, but later on, today's Crown Royal that you buy, at least in Ontario, has no batch numbering on it whatsoever. Hmm. Well. I have not been able to detect differences among the batches, and I would be very surprised if there are differences among the batches of freshly opened bottles, because I know the way they do it at Crown Royal, and they use a triangle test, and it does not, the whiskey does not go forward until it is indistinguishable from the standard. So I would be very surprised, but you know, I remember sitting with uh, with Jim Murray at the Victoria Whiskey Festival uh, four or five years ago. It was when that uh, Ardbeg Ugadale had had won Whiskey mm-hmm. of the Year, mm-hmm. and I had a, I had I poured some, and he agreed that it, it wasn't as good as the one that he had rated so highly. Mm. And then I showed him. Well, look at this is exactly the same batch. Right. He rated what he rated one that was in Sweden, and and I think that was the first time he was even became aware of batch numbers because <laughs> after that point he began putting batch numbers in his in his book. But when it, you get the batch numbers on on um, bottles of Crown Royal, if you get look at batch numbers on the labels, those are more likely label batches than whiskey batches because you know when they when you when they print those great sheets of labels each impression is numbered so they can find uh, if there's a problem they can go back and correct it it's just like if often if you look at at the bottom of uh, of bottles you'll see a number on the bottle and and those numbers always mean is that they come from a certain part of the mold. So identical bottles might have all different numbers on the bottom, just so that if there's a problem, they know which part of the mold they have to fix. I simply do not believe that there are flavor differences among the batches of Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye. I do think that they had to, um, they were kind of caught with their pants down. They, I think that it came out of the blue that they won that award and they sold, the whiskey sold out so fast. And I mean, there, so that the, there was really none there for Christmas. By the time Christmas rolled around, mm-hmm. there was none left. And that's the biggest time of year for, 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 for whiskey sales. But uh, when the new ones came out, when the next batches came out, I'm not, I don't, I was unable to detect any differences. But d- tasting it from freshly, opened bottles. Now, if you're tasting minis, the minis are bottled in a different plant, so who knows? There might be a little bit difference in the dilution water or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think that the bottles that are bottled in Amherstburg, I, I, I just couldn't detect that. But, you know, Mark, you're a lot younger than I am, and you may have a more finely tuned palate. Well, I think the... the uh, we've told the story before. Uh, we I had a, I was doing a whiskey tasting in my place, and Jamie was there as well, and uh, we... And this is the whole we talk about, you know, balls being opened and everything else. So there's certainly, you know, and I wrote an article about this. I did mention this as well, that that could be a, a, a deciding factor. But I hadn't planned on um, tasting different. But I knew I knew the bottle that I had, my, my first Northern Harvest rye, was not a very good one. I really did not like this rye. I couldn't imagine anybody picking this as the best or even remotely, you know, I, 
a decent rye. It was a great rye for 30 bucks. Again, I, I go back to this all the time. It's a $35 whiskey. Like, you're, you're great. You're doing fine. It's going to be a delicious whiskey for 35 bucks. It's just, I couldn't imagine it outshining kind of the premium whiskeys. And then I've tasted other whiskeys, uh, Northern Harvest Rye, that I liked much more. And so I, I just last minute asked people to bring in the Northern Harvest Rye. So we had uh, three or four different bottle samplings, and I gave them to uh, people blind, and nobody knew that there was Crown Royal or anything else. And, um, and there was that, the one in particular, the one that I had in particular was... I didn't do well, but there was one that uh, one that Jamie happened to have did extremely well, and I gave it this very similar score to what I uh, the the really good one. I gave a very similar score. The only thing I will also say is Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye. It's 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 not a really well shaped bottle for. Uh, if you're if you buy into the fact that if whiskey changes in the bottle, it's got a very heavy top. So the moment you drink a little bit, there's just a lot of oxygen there. So maybe you know, uh, maybe certainly the bottle being opened and you don't know where it's gone through, or you don't know how it's been stored. Because again, it is a thirty-five dollar bottle of whiskey. Sometimes you know the LCBO here in Ontario does it all the time. They put whiskeys against windows uh, along with vodkas, and then they assume, oh, it's fine, it's whiskey. No, it will change the flavor if you have direct sunlight on it for days and days and days so we don't know what happened to that bottle uh but in general you know and again averaging out the scores it's always done very well and so it's i don't mean to make too big of a deal of the batch numbers only that so much that some of the uh some of the ones that i tasted were were particularly uh, really well done um and all of them were great for 35 bucks at the end of the day except for that first one that i had i really did not like that one yeah. <laughs> i remember that <laughs> Well, I, I don't doubt that you found differences among batches, but until you take bottles of each batch that have been treated exactly the same way, handled the same way, and taste them head-to-head -head in identical glasses under identical conditions, freshly opened bottles, I think it's, it's kind of hard to draw a conclusion. Yeah. And when I tell you that I doubt it, it's because I know how it's made. But knowing how it's made and actually tasting them head-to-head is a different matter altogether. But I do know that the head-to-head -head taste is the final uh, quality control point mm -hmm. when they're making a batch of Crown Royal. And I've been through that experience with them. I've, t I've done the, the, you know, the, the triangle test with them, and I've done the, the, the uh, uh, comparing the standards with the, uh, with the new batches. And uh, they do this every single day at the plant and at the lab. And uh, if there's any way you can distinguish one from the other, uh, then uh, it's it's not used, and and you don't even get to know what how you did. All you can all you can do is say, you know, which is which, and right. and if you if you can identify if you correctly identify one as being the new batch, then there's a problem with that batch. It's it's caused so much controversy, and and Jamie, you and I like a little bit of controversy. We want a little bit of whiskey drama in our lives. Love it's, a little uh, bit you know, of controversy. You know, this is right. this is the young generation, Devin. We we like a little bit of this. You know, we like a little bit of this tension. It makes us happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it satisfies some need that we have uh, in, in our lives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if everyone got along and thought the same thing, then we probably wouldn't have too much to talk about on the podcast now, would we? <laughs> and we'd only have one kind of whiskey. That's right. Oh, that That's would be right. so boring. That's oh, right. Oh, God. What would that whiskey we be? Oh. It, would be Ma it would be Masterson. Right. <laughs> be Come Masterson's. on, Mark, get with the program. <laughs> We'd all be drinking Masterson's. Well, but you know what? Uh, one, one judge didn't like Masterson's. We don't know, well, we don't know who Masterson's that judge was, but there was a judge that did not like Masterson's. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what his scores were, but he independently told me he wasn't a big fan of Masterson's, but... Uh, I don't know what his score was from. I, I'm, I, don't, I just I don't know who, which whose column is who. So it's uh, 
It's, uh, <laughs> I can't say, but maybe when I'm having a chat with him someday. Right. You're, ask him how exactly. your, your wife should get such an honorable mention here. I mean, not that you haven't thanked her in, in, in previous things, but just on the podcast specifically, she, she's done so much. She's bottled uh, everything. Uh, you know, your family has helped you so much in, in the collecting and all this. So that, that's really wonderful. And it's, yeah, yeah. The, the competition would not have happened this year without Janet because she did all, all of the logistics. She, uh, bottled all the whiskeys, packaged them up. Uh, I can't remember if I took them to the mailbox or she did, but anyway, <laughs> she did, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have happened without her. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, really. Awesome. An awful lot of, uh, of help, but it's a lot of work and it's not that much fun. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, Well, I, I was off being, in a, being a whiskey writer. Oh, that's <laughs> the glamorous uh, I mean, part right there. Yeah. That is the glamorous oh, yeah. part indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think we've, um, I think we've, we've, we've covered this. I think, um, guys. Um, so, if you do want to buy one of the winners, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the winners again. So, Masterson's ten-year-old rye. All the Masterson's did very well. Uh, PSA three dash zero zero three five. The batch number is the what actually won. Um, and then some of the other winners are. Uh, let me just get up that list here. Do, 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 do. Where's your website? You can just go to CanadianWhiskey.org uh, and uh, go to David's yeah. website. Uh, but it was Masterson's that won. Uh, Gooderham and Warts won mm-hmm. uh, Domestic uh, Connoisseur Whiskey of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, our old, our, one of our faithful lot number 40s for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Multiple Markets uh, won. Uh, Stock and Barrel Rye uh, won Best New Whiskey. Um, and then there's a bunch of sipping whiskey, so Wiser Double Still. And we'll put a link in there. But I... Uh, all these great whiskeys won, um, and so I know in a lot of markets in the U.S. as well, you're going to find you're going to find your Mastersons, you're going to find your lot number forty. You mm-hmm. probably won't find Stock and Barrel, but um, uh, that's that's one to get when you're in Canada next. Um, uh, Crown Royal Northern, uh, sorry, Crown Royal Hand Select Barrel uh, Selected Barrel. That that was also a, a winner, so you can get that at many stores at the well at the your local local store. They they have the Crown Royal uh, Hand Selected Program. Especially in Texas. If you're in Texas, you'll probably find it somewhere. Um, Gooderham and Wart's Four Grain. I think this is the best whiskey you should try. I think I love this yeah. whiskey. Love uh, this whiskey. Such a great sipper. Because you know, sometimes a whiskey winner is not a good sipper. And that's, you know, like by sipper, I mean it's not something you're going to reach for every day. It's either very expensive, or it's you know, it's it's higher proof, and you don't necessarily want to drink sixty percent every day. Um, but Gooderham and Wart's Four Grain finds that great kind of compromise where it's just a lot of flavor lower proof uh uh wonderful price point so anyway there you go um that's that's uh summarizes did i miss anything Devin? well i think you've summarized it well mark thank you very much for having me on the show well thank you for coming back and thanks for uh, all the work that you've done uh for canadian whiskey and and for you know the awards it's uh you know i think we are very way too humble sometimes about um, the great whiskeys that we have and, and to have someone championing Canadian whiskeys the way you have is, uh, it's great. So everybody go out and buy some Canadian whiskey. Yeah. And tweet us and, uh, and uh, Instagram your pics. Oh, you know, as much as I talk about lot number 40, cast strength, whenever I post a photo of just lot number 40, or, or cast strength, people love lot Google number bonkers. 40. Google bonkers. They, they love they, it. They love it. They love it. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Um, absolutely. Um, so, Devin, you, uh, your book, your your uh, like book's kind of heading out, but you've got a new book that's going to be coming out in September. So we'll, we'll have you back to... Mm-hmm to promote the book but you can also go to Davin's website on canadianwhiskey.org uh, you can follow Davin on Twitter and what is your Twitter Davin? 
at Davin, D-E-K, D-A-V-I-N-D-E-K, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and, and I will say, uh, Davin probably does a better job of responding to people than Jamie and I do. He's very active on Twitter. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, you're like, wonder, why, why is Davin a big deal? Oh, yeah, because he actually is much better at a lot of stuff than Jamie and I are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Davin's very active on Twitter. Uh, and and, um, and uh, your, your Instagram game is picking up, Davin. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I think Instagram is Jamie's and our games. Our jam. Love, Instagram. Really love, love Instagram. Love uh, Instagram. But you always do. Whenever you're at a show, you're always posting photos with with people you're with and and i just just love love seeing that um jamie you are leaving us for a little while you're, you're uh, leaving canada entirely um <laughs> yes. so is there is there any chance people might meet up with you somewhere else in the world uh yes i'm going to um scotland actually tomorrow uh, i got back from vancouver saturday January saturday 28th yep. and depending on this podcast goes up that might have been yesterday it might <laughs> exactly. have been tomorrow exactly. might have been last tomorrow, week ex- yeah. yeah so we'll see but i'm uh i'm uh, going to be in edinburgh on uh this the second and third so um any listeners are around uh, shoot me a, a, a tweet or an Instagram and uh, yeah we'll see what we can do I'll be running around Scotland with a couple of the brand ambassadors from Belveni so uh, you can reach me at Bourbon Thing on Twitter and Instagram awesome awesome and you can of course find me at Mark Bylock M-A-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K on Instagram and Twitter or go to W-H-S-K-Y dot buzz and have the uh, website with reviews and we'll post some show notes to uh to Davin's website as well as uh, some reviews I've done for Canadian Whiskey on mine as well alright guys Excellent. that's it for this week cheers thanks Davin thank you so much Davin thanks Jamie cheers, thanks Mark cheers, cheers.